Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And as I appear to have got myself embroiled in some village hall type drama, which will involve raffle plizes and a float and some kind of fold-up table, none of which I'm really sure what is going to be or when it's going to be going on or who I've got to speak to, but all I do know is it's happening in 47 minutes, I better crack on. So let's have a bit of that twangy guitar. Monday. We were out having a walk on Saturday and we got a call from Josh to say the shower wasn't working. Um, and very quickly we ascertained, because there wasn't a slight whirring noise in the background, that the shower pump had gone, uh, which isn't too bad because the shower pump uh, was about 14 years old. So, um, and the I didn't know a lot about shower pumps. I know a lot more about shower pumps now than I did before, but I didn't know much about shower pumps at the time, and it was a load of pipes going into a box. I didn't kind of really understand how it worked, but very quickly uh, I realised that essentially the hot and the cold water um from um the tank flows into the shower pump and then two pipes come out with hot and cold water um just under pressure essentially so you it goes in gravity fed and and a little motor whirs around and it comes out going kind of thing and then it splits off and it feeds both showers um so consequently if the pump isn't working the water doesn't pass through it's the shower pump essentially goes from being the thing that makes the showers whizzy to being a thing that makes the showers inert, um, for want of a, a better term. Um, I suppose inert is as good as any. Um, so you're then faced with the situation of we're gonna have to go. We have to go back to the old-fashioned way if we want to get washed and and wash hair and do the normal morning routine. We're going to have to start running baths. So, of course, you then start to work out that our, our hot water tank does one good, decent size, proper soak, sitting there for 15 minutes bath, loads of water, great. But it probably doesn't do two. And it takes roughly an hour to heat the tank of, of water. So, therefore, if you all wanted to have a proper bath in the morning, and there's three of us that, that bathe in the morning, then you would, you would need effectively a window of three hours. Um, to, to, to fill a bath, reheat the water, fill a bath. Now, of course, you're not going to do that. It's not going to work. So we're back to sort of wartime ration baths, which are, you know, where enough water to get in, splash, kind of splash yourself. Um, and then, of course, we're back to the other thing, which is some form of plastic beaker on the side of the bath to wash your hair. So it's, it was quite a throwback couple of days. Um, and it got me thinking about, the whole because I remember growing up we I mean we didn't have a sh- we didn't have a shower growing up but we did have one of those at, at the, when we moved on from having a, a, a beaker round the bath or I think it used to be a jug actually which would make more sense to have a handle um we then went on to one of those kind of weird showers that looked a little bit like uh stethoscopes so and and they were like r- rubber sort of half egg shaped suction things that you used to push onto the uh, to the taps, and then you would you would get a shower that you could use kind of in the bath to wash your hair, or if you were posh, you would you would 
put a little clip on and you try and extend it up the wall to to make it a sort of a stand-up shower kind of thing and of course the the thing was you could never get it to work because you could never get the hot and the cold they were either freezing cold or steaming hot because you could never get the levels right because you had to twist both taps it was pre-mixer tap kind of day so you had to twist both taps um to get the the level um a balance of one against the other and then of course if you put them on even just a you know a smidgen too hot uh, or too high then these these things would just fly off off the taps because the pressure of the water on one side would just literally force this this suction cup essentially off the tap so you'd go from having water to to it flying off um the whole thing falling apart a bit of waterfall still coming out of one which was now either completely hot or completely cold because it was being fed by one tap and then if you hadn't got a shower splurting boiling water onto your face you'd got a sh- you'd got a tap blurting boiling water onto your foot and you got a shower uh, covering you with ice cold water uh, i don't know why it remembered and why i remembered all that on the back of on the back of needing a new shower pump uh, but i did Tuesday. I've got a sticky key problem, except I don't know if it is a sticky key problem or not. It's re- the only reason I'm mentioning it is it's really, really, really irritating, and it's been happening for quite a while. And it's actually happened this morning. I've just had to reboot the Mac uh, to carry on recording the podcast, and. It's hard to explain because you would think it was a piece of hardware. You'd think it was the actual keyboard that was the problem, but I don't think it is. I think it's to do with the Bluetooth connection and some form of lag and the process to understand what you're pressing on a keyboard. And obviously it makes me realize how much we take technology for granted because when something like this, which is so simple, doesn't work, it's really, really frustrating. So let me explain what it is. I will go to press a key on the keyboard and nothing will happen. And I will go and type, and and the and the letters will come in really, really, really laggy. So you will type a word. So let's say you type ferret, and you will watch the F, and then the E, and then the R, and then the R. But then what will happen is eight spaces will appear, or six E's will appear, or something. So it's taken one of those presses because you're probably increasingly pressing with more pressure because you're getting slightly frustrated. And then it turns that into not one E, but 12 or not one space, but, you know, a number of spaces. And I use shortcuts a lot. So I'll use a combination of keys to get to menus very, you know, a hell of a lot rather than use my mouse. And because a Mac mouse doesn't have a does uh, it's not got two buttons on it. A Mac mouse has just just got one button. So often it's a combination of a key and a mouse. But if the key's not working, then it's a real faff. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Having done a bit of a bit of kind of googling, I think it's something to do with CPU load. But then when I've looked at the Mac, the Mac is operating really, really within itself and I've closed windows down and all sorts and the only way to solve it is to reboot and then it's okay for a little while and then it starts again so if anybody knows I'd be over the moon if you could tell me because it's really really frustrating it's an example of one of those little silly things that is winding me up something chronic at the moment Wednesday All the way along, the omens weren't good. 
about two weeks ago, I realised that Sheffield United were playing Middlesbrough uh, and they were playing Middlesbrough on a Wednesday night, not a Tuesday night. Now, in of itself, that wouldn't normally be a problem, except this particular Wednesday, I was due to be in London. We'd arranged to have uh, an MIA team meeting uh, on the, uh, the Wednesday afternoon and then I was going to an event on the Thursday um, in in um, Covent Garden, which kicked off at 10 o'clock. And then we'd got a meet and greet, an MIA meet and greet members, a uh, little drinks reception, full till seven uh, in, in uh, Soho. Um, and then I was due to be in Birmingham on Friday. So I'd got a whole itinerary planned. It was really, it was, it worked out really well. I've got great trains booked on the Wednesday, uh, really nice um, sort of, um, uh, mid-morning trip down, nice gentle transition across for the team meeting early afternoon and everything else was going to flow from there. Go for a run Thursday morning. Um, we'd got rooms booked out at uh, Excel so because it was significantly cheaper. Um, I was going to go for a nice run around um, around sort of Excel and and the the, the docky area and near where uh, City um, London City Airport is, and then would head into town for my meeting, and then we'd do the other bits. All worked out, really great schedule, trains booked, everything. And of course, I basically turned around to the team and did something I very rarely do, which is pull rank and said I want to go to the football. So we've, we've we've moved everything. We're now having our team meeting next week in Birmingham, which, to be fair, will work out better. We've got far more time. And um, but what it meant was my train to get me to the meeting um, would be very very early. So there was going to be a, a, a five fifteen um, train uh, alarm call on the Thursday, just so I could go to the football on the Wednesday night. So consequently, uh, went to the football, uh, and as I as I was walking to the ground. I said to uh, I said to Alison, "We're gonna. I've got a bad feeling about tonight. I have I have I have moved everybody's diary. I've caused everybody, and by the way, it's three of the people, but it's still three of the people. I have caused everybody issues. I've moved everything around. I have made everybody bend to work around me. Um, this will not end well. Um, we are gonna. We it's not going to work. I'm going to do this, and as it's going to turn out, I'm I'm not going to get the experience I was hoping for because I was really looking forward to the game." Uh, we lost three um, one. We it was one of it was one of those games we could have played till midnight. Probably wouldn't have scored again. Uh, every bounce that that had didn't seem to go in our favour. There was one fairly horrendous decision which cost us the third goal. Not that I think it would have made an enormous amount of difference. Uh, it was a it was a bit of a top of the table clash, um, and you know and. You you do these things because you want to go to this big event because it was a it was a big game it was second playing third it was a big game and you mess everybody about and then it just doesn't go the way you want it to go. Thursday, um, we held our event. Um, uh, we, we use one of our one of our members is a company called Yamaha Music London. And Yamaha Music London have a music store on Wardour Street, just off Oxford Street. Um, and you might have seen Wardour Street down on things because I think it's the street where the the film sensor, I don't know what the, the acronym is for the people, but that, that thing that comes up at the beginning of a film with, with whether it's a PG or a 15 or what have you. And I'm sure that company is based on Wardour Street because I seem to remember that being the address on the bottom whenever that big document comes up just before the start of a film. And, um, and, and the music store that's on there used to be called Chapels of Bond Street. 
And I know I've said it's on Wardle Street, so I can only assume that chapels used to be in a different place and moved. Um, so it used to be Chapels of Bond Street, which Yamaha poor, and they turned it into a Yamaha showroom. It's got a, a really, really nice um, uh, ground floor showroom. It's on a corner. Uh, very, very, very well done. Very, very well done, really. You know, for a musician, it's a, it's a really nice experience. But upstairs, there's a piano showroom. And this piano showroom uh, is, is full of... He's full of sort of the grand piano type thing. So we're into big concert pianos and big concert grands and those kind of things. And yeah, there's some baby grands in there as well, but it's got the whole the whole nine yards. And it's a it's it's what I can assume must have been some form of function or ballroom. It looks like the kind of ballroom you might have had in a in a very well to do house, or it might just have been a, a, a different kind of building with a ballroom. Um, upstairs so it, it's it's wood panelled all the way around and it's got the gallery it's got the minstrels gallery for the you know for the for the quartet or for the musicians or what have you and a big fireplace and you can imagine you know very well-to-do people you know doing whatever dance would have been done I was going to say waltzing around this room and I'm sure it probably wasn't well it will have been waltzing at one point but I don't know where it will have started but you can you can just imagine this space candle lit you know beautiful beautiful big windows beautiful high ceiling um and in that it, we with this lovely big double staircase that that winds round and takes you up into a little reception area and then the main ballroom itself and it's just it's that kind of it throws you back to to that kind of costume drama event um, as 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 the you know as the well to do and the uh, influential appear for an evening's worth of uh, dancing and merriment and it's it really is an incredible incredible space and of course um, it's been used over the years for recitals it's a perfect place for recitals and you can imagine the kind of people. You know, and looking at the pictures around the wall, there'll be people like Oscar Peterson's played there, Jamie Cullum's played there, Jules Holland's played there. Um, you know, and then going back in time, that's why Yamaha have had it. And then going back in time, you can only start to get some idea of, of who else will have been in, in that building. If I can find a link to it, I'll put a link on the um I'll put a link on the notes. But it was just really nice that 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 you know, we, we went to we we were looking for a location to do it was a very informal drinks reception and it was just a little networking thing and we we you know we went and thought well who can who are the members can we ask and you know we went and, and asked Yamaha first and said well, look can, can we can we do something in your building is, is this okay and kind of expected them to say yes that's fine you know come and use the shop floor we'll we'll close a section of the shop floor off it's not a problem and and they sort of turned around and said oh yeah do you, do you want the room upstairs at which point it's like well if, if you're going to let us loose upstairs you know with drinks and nibbles uh, we're not going to say no because it's such a beautiful space. So, huge thanks to Yamaha for allowing us allowing us to do that. And they've already agreed to let us do it again, which is great. But it really, it really, it very, very nice. And of course, outside is Soho. It's the hustle and bustle of Soho, which is a different vibe to that room. Totally, totally different vibe to that room. But it's it was bizarre. It's like that kind of thing where you're almost looking down at a different time from a window. You're looking down, like you're, you're looking down in the in the 1850s onto 2023 in some kind of weird juxtaposition. And it was uh, it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Friday. I'm going to finish the week with a few little weird kind of updates that don't relate to anything particularly, but I'll throw them in. Uh, anyway, um, just just because they're all floating around my head, so I might as well say them out loud. Um, 
when did Americano uh, become two pound ninety five? Um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Pret, and I always use Pret when I'm in London. I think I'm a fan of Pret because in reality I don't come across a Pret in in my daily life. Uh, so anywhere I go where there's a Pret, I tend to will have a Pret coffee. I do like Pret coffee itself. The flat whites are okay, but the actual just an Americano uh, at Pret is I, I, I do like. So I popped in to get an Americano on the way down, and it was two ninety five, and I was like. When did that happen? When when did we get to nearly three pounds? I get the whole we've we've been on three pound odd for an, for a you know a, a kind of a barista made da 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 da. But when did we get to three pounds for a couple of shots of espresso and a bit of hot water? Not quite sure when that happened. Not necessarily having a go at Pratt. I'm sure everybody's the same, and it might be something to do with London. And it certainly makes their £25 monthly subscription an absolute steal. And if I lived near London, I would do that because I think you can have six coffees a day every day of the month for 25 quid. Why wouldn't you? Um, but I that one snuck up on me. It kind of it, it flashed up on the screen. I was like, oh, grief, two ninety five. Um, the the shower the, the 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 shower got fixed. I fitted a new shower pump. I had three goes at it to get rid of uh, various drips and leaks. Um, which is, I don't like plumbing. I don't like anything to do with water because electric's on or it's off. Um, you don't get bits of electric, you know, kind of leaking out. Um, whereas when you do this, I always seem to do something and then there's just a little drip, as there was this time, and then to fix the little drip, I managed to create a bigger drip and then finally sorted it all out. And of course, you, you're working in really, really cramped spaces. I mean... Fitting a, fitting a pump in a cylinder cupboard is not much fun. Uh, pleased that I did it. Pleased that I did it. Pleased that it, it all got sorted and we now have showers and that's all fine. But um, it's stressful. It was a stressful um, uh, time fitting a shower pump. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it, um, really. Uh, but it's 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 all done and that's working. Um, and, and then the last thing, uh, bizarrely, is... Uh, Every, every, they're a terrible delivery company. Every, I think, is what was Hermes, uh, who basically thought that by changing their name, they would resolve their issues. And, they, and, it, and it doesn't resolve their issues. They're terrible. Um, and when two companies you don't like end up working together, that makes it a double whammy. So we ordered a, a badminton racket for Jack. And uh, the only place you could really get one of these badminton rackets was Sports Direct um, that wasn't ridiculous price. So this badminton racket has an RRP of eight quid. Sports Direct was selling it for seven quid. It's, it's just a small one. That's all it is. It's not a great badminton racket, but it's the right size. Um, and everybody else was doing them for about 17, 18, 20. And it was like, well, yeah, they're free delivery, but you've you've taken something that should be eight pounds and you've, you've folded delivery and a load of profit in and you've made it far more so i ended up paying you know seven pounds plus plus the delivery charge from sports direct still still it came in at 12 quid uh and and it was on a kind of a three to five day delivery and it was with every and i got a notification yesterday to say we've delivered your parcel with a picture to show that it had been left outside the front door kind of kind of just leant against the front door and of course uh, i arrived home last night and no sign of it absolutely no sign of it and um this this the first thing that Alison said was it's blown away. It's been really really windy here. It's blown away, and of course a badminton racket is a big thing. It's a big quite a big parcel. Um, that's really really light. Um, so I got onto every. Of course, it's the chat. 
I'm still waiting for the phone call that I was promised. So I was given the option of email or phone call, and I'm still waiting for the phone call. Uh, in the meantime, the badminton racket's appeared. It's appeared in the hedge of a house three doors away. So clearly it had blown away in the wind. I'm not telling every that. As far as every is concerned, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to tell them it's lost and they can resolve it. Um, because I'm so annoyed at why you would do that. And of course, everything stems from everything else. If you, if you have a delivery company that overpromises, you get situations where drivers don't have time to put a card through or do any of those kind of things or take it to a take it to a neighbour. They haven't got the time for that. They've got too much to do to make the job worthwhile because the job just is ridiculous in terms of terms and conditions. And that, so therefore, you just put something by the door, take a photo off and scoot again, hope everything's going to be all right. In this case, our badminton racket decided that it would have a little flying lesson. And it's only because somebody happened to find it under a hedge and then knew who we were on any normal set of circumstances that disappears. That just disappears. So I'm now waiting for my call. I'll let you know when every finally get round to phoning me. I had a chat conversation with them last night at about six o'clock. It's now quarter to nine. So we're, we're, we're 15 hours in. Uh, let's wait and see when that phone call actually comes. I hope you well. Hope you have a really good week. I've now got to go and find raffle tickets and have a quick shower, uh, which I will I will head off to do, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>